0: We live. Are live, we are live, folks. This is Renee. Small, live I'm and alive, live and alive. Hi, everybody. It is CISO Thursdays, and both of my favorite CISOs are here today, which is exciting. I'm Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome people hire great talent. We have so much going on, so much to talk about. Let's go around the horn, Dan, Doctor Dan.
1: Uh, Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. Uh, I help people get a competitive edge very quickly, separate themselves from their competition, and avoid really, really costly mistakes.
0: Naomi is back. Brand new job, brand new lady. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for having me back. It's been a full two weeks, I guess, since I last seen you guys.
2: You guys are looking good.
0: It's so hard when you're not, I mean, when you're not here, it's like, where's the only? We're crying. We're, oh, we're just sad. If
3: people future. wanted to replace you last week, we'll call yeah. them out when they join the broadcast today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're like, oh, we should, have, we should have Aaron. Is Aaron a new replacement? We're like, no. 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 <laughs> James Azar is here.
3: Alive and alive
0: alive and alive. Morning, Jonathan Harris.
3: Morning. Good, good, good. Morning. Good, good. There's <laughs> two other G's there.
0: <laughs> so much to talk about today. So James, you kick us off. You had a great topic uh, to share. And I think it's, it's very, very relevant because as we continue on with our amazing infosec hires, hires. We now have six people hired for the month of January. Six. Absolutely phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make
1: this too complicated.
0: (laughs) Six people hired. And some of the things that comes up, I mean, People are still, you know, continue to share, continue to do all that stuff. I'm going to share a job posting that came through. We should have some more leaders coming on over the next couple. Well, geez, only one more week in January, but um, they'll continue to come on and kind of share their open positions. Um, But like I said, James had a great, great uh, topic to discuss in regards to what part of cyber, you know, would be a best fit for a person. So James, take it away.
3: Yeah. So InfoSec hires, hashtag six people hired. So exciting. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you, Dr. Dan. Thank you to every single person who took my big mouth, who my wife says I've got a really, really big mouth. And sometimes I say stuff I shouldn't say. And like unfiltered said something live and it became a concept. And now here we are six people hired. I've Uh, And and I'm telling you, like, I'm doing four or five calls a day with people for this challenge, like helping them touch up their CVs or just giving them some guidance or doing mock interviews and, and just taking them through this process. And I find myself always asking one, I find myself always asking them one thing, like, what's your passion? Like, what do you enjoy doing? Right. Cause a lot of them will be like, yeah, I'm thinking about being a SOC analyst. I was like, have you ever done that before? Like, how do you do sitting in front of a computer looking at alerts all day? <laughs> like, are you, do you enjoy that? Would that be something you would love to wake up to? And cybersecurity is requires a diverse range. And we're going to talk about diversity a lot today. So it's, it's, it requires a huge diverse range of thought, of people of backgrounds, because there's so many different disciplines in cyber. And most of the time, people are thinking, like, if you want to be in cybersecurity, you either got to be a hacker or an analyst or a CISO.
0: And we know that that's so not true. And, James, I'm so happy that you brought that up because that comes up with me very, very often. And as I, you know, I've been talking about how Chris and I have been working on this book um, to discuss these topics. One of the things that I brought up was um, really taking it- that's so not true. And James, I'm so happy. Well. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Really. really I'm about to share this. (laughs) My audio was on. (laughs) So so thinking about um,
0: thinking about yourself, I don't know if if everyone or anyone has read the book, uh, What Color Is My Parachute? Or taking some of these assessments. And I know, I think Naomi and I talked about assessments in the past, like Myers-Briggs and all these various assessments to really understand who you are. Yes. Um, last night, uh, Dr. Dan actually shared a young lady with me um, who's a high school student, and she's starting to do, you know, looking around in terms of what she wants to do in cyber and it led me down the path of Cyber Patriots and some of these other high school and middle school related um, websites. And what was really cool, I found like a, I found a a poster that I'm going to print out and actually put on my kids uh, room because it said, Oh, do you love video games? And do you want to, you know, do you like beating um, you know, do you like creating stuff like in Minecraft? And it had all, it spoke to all of their the, all the things that they love. Um, but if you don't like video games and you don't wanna do that, you know there's also places in cyber for you. So I totally agree with you, James, that people have to, you gotta think about what makes you tick and then what the best path and the best fit is for you in cyber.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different disciplines that require different capabilities. And we often talk about it, but it requires not only different capabilities, but we spoke about it a little bit last week, and Naomi, when people were trying to replace you last week, um, and I won't say who it was, um, but some people were like, hey, is you know this person replacing Naomi? That's cool. You that should do this more often. And we're like, you are traitors. You have zero <laughs> loyalty. Um, it's only one week, guys. <laughs> you were one week gone, you know? I'm like after everything Naomi does for you guys, but we talked about diversity of thought, mm-hmm. and I want to kind of carry that on last week because we talked, and Dr. Dan brought up some great points about diversity of thought um, but the diversity of thought is the is is the diversity we need in, in in the different disciplines of cyber, right so you don't need a bunch of people that are yes men or everyone who thinks the same. that's why like like I'm always like borderline on certs, right? And I don't want to go down the certs path because I know the comments will start get blown up with certs. But I feel like certs teach you to think a specific way. And they almost eliminated the, uh, the diversity of thought that could come from a, from someone who's maybe self-thought, who's tried to figure things out, not by the book.
1: You know, that's interesting you bring that up. I have a, uh, I have a friend whose son uh, started the blog. And he said to me, I wish the kid would get a job. All he's doing is blogging. Next thing you know, Movie Phone came to him and said, "We'd like you to come in and work with our development team." He said, "Well, I can't get in until four o'clock in the city." They said, "Why?" He said, "Well, I don't get out of high school." They said, "High <laughs> so you know it was. It's looking at what people do, and then the kid wound up inviting his father to Comic Con. So it's, but again, it's looking at things. And, and Renee and I have talked about this: how many people think in a particular way. You know, people have said to me when they talk about corporate training, they said, oh, our industry has a guru. I said, yeah, but if you want a competitive edge, your guru is teaching you what the same thing to your competition that he's teaching you so you all sound alike.
2: Yeah. It's it's just like people who like to talk a lot, shout out to us. But, like, if you're doing the talking, you're not listening and you're not learning. You're only repeating things that you already know. So one thing that I like to – to ask when I'm hiring, it's like, I just like to listen. So I ask a question and I see how much they say back. And if they're not uh, asking a question back just to see what kind of answers I'm looking for, then I already know that they're not really open to learning. Like, it's just this weird thing where I can kind of get a feeling of how much they want to tell me versus how much they're looking to get on the same page with me, get the right answer in front of me. So uh, it's one of those tricks.
0: Yeah couple shout outs here. I love C. there we love you too, <laughs> Lily Clark. <laughs> and then John says, morning, love listening to these talks. When I'm able to, James helps steer me towards GRC. Thank you. So James is John, one of the people you've been talking to. John is to? one
3: of the people I've spoken with. I mean, people who, you know, the challenge specifically lies predominantly a lot of times with veterans, right? People don't know that a 20 year veteran most of the time has a master's. Right, because they get to go to school and they get to do a bunch of stuff and they're wanting to break into cyber and people are telling them, you know, and they're on they're on these Slack and Discord channels, and people are like, How do I get into cyber? And they're like, Well, go to B sides, get your security plus, and you're like, dude, you've got 20 years running multi-million dollar systems. You don't want to be a red teamer in a junior entry role. No one's gonna hire you for it because you're overqualified. You've got a master's.
0: Right. Exactly. Right,
3: so so like you've got to be able to go down a different path. Yeah, where's our good news, man? Yeah, where's, like where's our yeah, good yeah, news? waiting here,
0: Patrick. Don't put, don't it, put, don't put him up. <laughs> <know about that. laughs> we, Patrick, we're beaming energy your way, Patrick. We want to see you had three job interviews. We yeah. want three offers. I want you to call me and say, Renee, how do I negotiate these offers? Like Number that's seven. what I'm. That's what I'm putting out into the world for you, Patrick. Doherty says hi. Uh, Clinton, hello, guys. Good to be on. Happy Thursday.
3: Good morning. Good so what
2: kind of, here's something that I want to bring up to you guys. On the other end of this are people who think they're too good for certain roles. So I am currently talking with someone who thinks help desk is beneath him and he's got a security plus. He just finished school and he's like, I don't really want to do help desk, even though he doesn't have any experience doing anything in IT, right? He thinks that since he has a security plus, he's ready to do something more than help desk, but you need a foundation somewhere, right? And if you got a help desk, you got your foot in the door with the company, lean on it. Like, even though it's just help desk, it's not just help desk. You're learning so many other things, soft skills, organizational, like institutional knowledge, all these things that will help you grow into other roles and so help desk is not one of those like just things. I I think people have the wrong attitude about that. What do you guys think?
0: I think that 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 comes up often in my space too. Um, and I have I have uh, there's two schools of thought, I think. So the folks who typically can get into one of those Fortune 100, Fortune 500 analyst programs usually don't have this challenge, right? So whatever program they were in, you know, has partnerships with organizations, has baked up the curriculum to the point where these organizations feel comfortable hiring these entry-level people with zero, you know, experience into their programs. And so you have a certain cohort of folks that go directly into these information security analysts, rotational programs, things like that. I speak to a number of young people who are in that space. For everyone else, you have to get some kind of experience. And so I agree with Naomi. If you are struggling and you can't, you're, you're trying to break in and you can afford to, well, if you're not working, <laughs> you can pretty much afford to take something to get a year of experience, six months, nine months of experience, and learn and start to pick up and, and be a true um, and get real experience, real world experience where you can say now, okay, I dealt with these security issues. I dealt with help desk issues. I dealt with customers. And you have something to talk about when you go into your you know, early entry analyst security role. So I'm with you. Um, I'm with you, Naomi. Folks have to really get real about where they lie. And I know some people see other people and they say, oh, well, that person got an analyst role and that person got this job. A lot of it has to do with the school's, school's relationships with organizations. And it's just that simple. So if you are a person and you, meet, you have to get, I tell people this every day, all day, experience trumps everything. Experience trumps certifications. It trumps, you know, at a point, it trumps education. Um, it's the experience. Leaders, you guys, Naomi, James, you, wanna, you want somebody who can put their hands on the keyboard and start doing stuff. not the theory
3: well you want people who who can do the job to kind of look at what naomi said i've I've encountered a few people like that naomi too and i've kind of had to be a little rough a little rough loving right where it's just like you're entitled to nothing and you got to start somewhere and i don't care what someone else told you and i don't care what the Slack group you're a part of or the discord channel that has all the armchair experts talking about hello and welcome to reality. Reality is you got to start somewhere and guess what? No one became CEO in their first job and no one became CISO in their first role. And no one became, uh, you know, before you're a full fledged developer, you're a junior developer. You know, there's like ways where you grow and it, it, It's irregardless. and and this is kind of where where there's two there's there's a bunch of different like thoughts around this. But I I know people that are like finished their bachelors. I'm going for my master's, and I'm like, stop, time out, go get a job, get an entry level role because you don't have any hands on experience. And here's what's going to happen, buddy: you're going to go get a master's and have no hands on experience. You're going to want to get into a role, and you're going to be unemployed for a year and a half. You're going to be a barista Starbucks because guess what, buddy? like and a barista at Starbucks is great if you're that kind of thing if you like Starbucks I mean I'm a small coffee shop kind of guy <laughs> support local business um but, <laughs> but but if if you know you, you're going to do that until you find your role because you're overqualified and so you, like uh, you know you really have to be in that place of you know um, I think you really have to be in that place where you're you're completely comprehending and understanding just the fact that you got to start somewhere, and every job deserves the respect that that job carries. I think like help desk to me is a critical part of the security chain. Like it's a critical role. It might it may seem you know not important or or just a a horrible job or just not not for your dignity or your kind, but that job is critical. Um, in a security uh, and, and in an IT organization. And it's it's really important.
2: Yeah. And I'll just say this, guys, like I talk to a lot of people with this attitude, this, this entitlement of, you know, I just got this, this and this. Why am I not getting the jobs? Right. And honestly, and I will say this and I'll say it again, just like that tough love that James is saying, guys, you're a little weird. You come off t- entitled. You come off like a bragging kind of person. And it is such a turnoff. Like seriously, when, when I talk to you and I'm not even trying to hire you, like I'm just trying to mentor you and coach you. And I'm getting this kind of like level of entitlement. Like it just gets me upset. I'm like, how are you ever going to get past the initial screen? Because people are going to see your attitude right off the bat. You're wearing your heart on your sleeve about like how awesome you think you are. And there is this level, at least still in security, where you need to put in the time before you get higher and higher into security. Like, you can't just jump in with nothing other than your security plus or your boot camp or your master's degree. Like, um, who, who was it? Randall, he said that, like, it's really tough and you can't just expect a job after your master's degree. i like, I agree with you, but I think also people need to train you. But you also can't come in with this whole attitude, like, oh, just take me because I'm awesome and you need me. You know, like,
1: it just doesn't
2: mm-hmm.
3: fly. No, it doesn't.
1: Do you know, it's, it's interesting. Renee and I have been talking about this uh, personality assessment, a risk assessment that we've used for years with HP. To uh, it, it tells a person every single place they can screw up going forward. 30 minutes online, and it tells you where you, situations that you will perform well in, other places that you won't. Uh, it, it will tell you if you're intimidating when you don't even think you are. Uh, so, and, and it's a, it's a roadmap. So the point is, it's like somebody says to me, what do you do? I said, well, you got to drive from here to California. I have a list of every radar trap between here and California. Do you want to buy it now? Or do you want to buy it when you get to California? You no, know, I want it now. But I think it comes back to what we talked about last week is about this uh, coaching culture. How do you establish a coaching culture where people will mentor somebody when they get into a company and coach them rather than, uh, rather than manage them? And it's a whole system of finding out what somebody does well, let them know what they do well. But the most important part about the coaching culture is that the coach has to know what he does well. And I've run into so many people who are really good at what they do and they don't know it. They don't know what they do well. So it's putting that into a context, then taking all of that as Naomi said and be able to communicate it to somebody and commit without an attitude. You know, as an outsider looking into cybersecurity, I don't even know what the roles are. If somebody says, gee, I'd like to get into cybersecurity, what are the possibilities? What's it like? Where do you want to be? How do you want, you know, what would you love to do? But people are looking from the outside. They don't know what exists, I think, anyway.
0: Yeah. I I agree with you, Dan. A couple of good comments coming through here. Help desk, um, and and I want to reiterate this before I forget. Folks tend to look at other people and they see their peers getting opportunities as analysts and roles. And they have to have to understand that if it if you do have a bachelor's degree and you are coming out of school and your school is partnering with these organizations, schools like Drexel, schools like Penn State, NYU, those folks, <laughs> their programs are aligned with organizations that will hire them directly into analysts and I think there be I think what a lot of these folks unfortunately are being sold into some of these programs these boot camps and things like that and then when they get in there they really don't have the 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 program doesn't have the relationships with the the, um, the organizations or with industry to get these people into opportunities and you have to take something to James's point hanging out at Starbucks But to Naomi's point, having, and Dan's point, having an attitude about, you know, the fact that you can't get something on the Slack channel people, all those Slack channel people, one of them should hire you then. (laughs) Like, that's it. All right. So comments. Chris says, help desk is a great way to find all the holes so so true chris also said that john d's grc is a great entry point grc is awesome entry point for people who like doing that stuff solomon says good morning guys watch a resume seminar for twice eight hours to digest things for-
3: wow he took eight hours of us wow
0: <laughs>
2: i don't think i made I, it that long
3: i hear I'm us for solid. three minutes and i go what were we thinking <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Well, if Solomon gets Working a job,
0: then, you know, that's the whole
2: point, right? Good for you, Solomon. Good for
3: good you. For that's putting
0: so. in Someone the effort. hire that man. Put in the effort. Exactly. His resume. exactly. He's re-engineering his resume, following the useful highlights before the week's end. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Solomon. Somebody hire this man, because he's he's no joke here. Uh, Chris says, you see all the words of the products in the help desk. Alicia says, help desk is a great breakthrough.
3: Indeed, um, Alicia.
1: Does it does doesn't the help desk really focus on internal support, dealing with the internal customer?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and I've and I've had people. I did a program for VIA, and and they said that you know the people the help desk treated the people who were out in the field in sales horribly. Mm-hmm. So it was how do you get them to to be effective and to uh, to mentor them and really realize this is my customer, this is the guy who's bringing me the money to pay my salary. Yeah. So, so it's a customer service role, but internal customers.
3: Yeah. 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 The the problem is most people in customer service, again, have a, have kind of the thing where there's almost animosity between that person and the customer rather than really what you're there to do, which is, you know, support your customer. (laughs)
0: Like we're calling because we can't figure it out. Uh, Julio says "The sad that's the sad side of certs without any experience so you know you heard it here so people they get all these certs and then they can't get a job and it's just like well they bang their head against the wall certs are not certs are a are piece to the puzzle, it's not yeah. the the whole puzzle. I will say
2: the number one question I get on LinkedIn, it's like, which search should I get to like, as if it's a magic formula to get a job in cybersecurity. And I'm always like, you know, and I, I have a standard response. Like you think search is gonna be all you need? Like do this, do home labs, do volunteer work, like join a working group, do all this stuff. And people are just blown away. You're like, well, I thought I just needed a cert. Like, no, mm-hmm. I don't know where they're getting this information from. Like, I don't know
3: well, well, the certification
0: well, companies.
2: I'll tell, um. I'll tell you where
3: it's coming from. Let, let, let's set the record straight for everyone here watching. And please, like, let's share this next 60 seconds that I'm about to preach. Let's share this, okay? Here's the deal. You go for certs for the jobs you want. A cert isn't going to guarantee you a job. It's gonna give you the opportunity to m- be considered for a role. Nothing guarantees you work. work comes through having the right CV, networking visibility, you know interviewing well, a bunch of different things that have to go into you actually landing a role. People who trying are trying to sell you a cert to take a class, have a financial interest, like the university that sells you a liberal arts degree and tells you after it you're going <laughs> to land a great role in some company. Those me. things don't happen. <laughs> James, in the liberal arts degree. It is the dumbest degree on the planet.
0: James, <laughs> the I'm, bringing, I'm bringing liberal arts people. On here. I'm specifically <laughs> going after. I, I want to hear
3: anyone who got a liberal arts degree who ended up not taking something in order to find work. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Oh, you're right. Okay. It's, it's... Comments.
0: <laughs> Comments. I'm an intern and security analyst after eight years of network support experience and three years of unit development. Any guidance for me to grow in security, this is my first security role after retrenchment. Work
3: hard, keep doing what you're doing, and learn, 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 never stop learning. If you're going into security and you don't like reading and you don't like learning and you just want to do a mundane job, I suggest you find something other than security because you will burn out within a year if you don't want to learn.
0: Yeah. Naomi, do you have to run?
2: Well, I can stay on a couple more minutes, but I'll add to that. This this job is like constant feeding that that thirst inside you like there is nothing that you know everything about and even I've been doing this I've been in tech for 20 years security since 2007 like I don't know a lot about so much stuff and I'm here and talking about it like I'm okay with that and the more you're in this and I think it's like that cougar dunning thing where you think you know more like the less you know and then the more you know you're like I know nothing so like you just stay with it and you. yeah
0: sorry Naomi go ahead
2: no, I mean, the more you stick with security, the more you realize, like, oh, man, I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants and I just want to contribute. And when you get to that point, you'll know, like, this is my thing. This is, like, what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you
0: feel better about it. Yes, you do. And some of the smartest people are like, I don't know. You know, like, those are the ones that are like, no, that person's smart. It's like, wait a minute, you're a genius. No, that you no, know, not is <laughs> smart. Uh, Black yep, Cyber yep. says good advice on being realistic about your career progression um, and look what yep. it can look like and what to expect. Mm-hmm. That is true. Naomi, I mean Simone says yes. Naomi, that entitlement tone is a no go. So bad, just like those LinkedIn messages and be like, "Hey, can
2: you help me?" Like, they just don't even introduce themselves. They just send over their CV. I'm like, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! whoa. You're like, what is this? I'm like, can, I'm like, ignore. <laughs> Patrick wants to know James. What do you think of Keurig?
1: Garbage. It can't make coffee fast enough for me. I I am an espresso drinker. I'm looking for somebody who's invented a coffee IV. So I...
0: (laughs) So Doherty says, I've come across people telling me the same thing. I have a master's in infosec, but everyone is telling me that MS is not enough and I need to get cert- certificates, A plus security plus, etc. But then I get others telling us cert- certificates is not exactly necessary. My question is, what is the best thing to do?
2: Like, where is she getting this information and advice? Like, this is the exact opposite of what we're telling, Jordy. Like, you're not going to try to get more search at this point. You want experience. And how do you do that? Volunteer, build a home lab, write a blog, like, be a guest on a podcast, join, in, wor- join a working group. Like, literally go to Google, search for cybersecurity working group, find one in an industry that you're interested in, and volunteer with them. They will have work for you. And you're literally just putting together research, white papers, looking at data, and helping that. Community with information and intelligence, security, risk information for that industry itself, like healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. So, find something, volunteer. You can put that on your resume. This
1: mm-hmm. is, to me, it's like a toolbox. Renee and I have talked about this a long time. Is that uh, everybody has a toolbox? They come into an environment with a toolbox, they open a box up, and they have tools in there that they are aware of. They have tools in there that they don't even know that they have. And rather than say, here are my tools, say, how many tools can you throw into this toolbox for me and let me know how to use them? So it's a mindset. And everybody on this call, in reality, is a CEO of their own company. That You know, every move they make is a business decision. What they eat, drink, smoke, who they're seen with, what they, who takes their picture, it's all, all uh, a business. So everybody is running their own company, and they're a consultant to whoever they're in, in, involved and hooked up with. And I think that that's important. It's an important way to look at
3: it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To to kind of just hammer the point home with Doherty's question is if you don't know what discipline you want to do in cyber, you're going to hear about the A plus, the security plus and all these different things. Having a master's and knowing what discipline you want to go after and building your resume to that discipline and applying for those roles for that discipline in cyber are going to increase your chances right? I mean, we used to say, cast a wide net, catch a lot of fish. And that was true back in, you know, the early days of the internet, right? Where you wanted to garner mass traffic. But in today's world, we live in a niche market, like everything is niche, like clothing stores are niche, like I buy grunt style, shout out to those guys, right? Like, so like, I go to Grunt Style's website, and Grunt Style targets veterans. Right? They make clothes that are designed for veterans. Bye, Naomi. Hi,
2: thanks, guys. Hi, Naomi. Bye, Naomi. Sorry, James. Keep going.
3: No. So, so you're really looking. Um, you're wanting to be niche in your job search as well. So you want to pick that discipline, and you want to really hone in that discipline. Study as much as possible about that discipline. Be the master of that discipline. And you'll land the role and you'll grow from there, right? Help desk isn't always the way in. If, you know, like, you know, other people who got 20 some odd years experience or 10 years of experience in other parts and want to flip and come into cyber and transition and come into cyber, like find that discipline in cyber. And there's plenty of them. So like talk to people, be parts of groups and and talk to people who are kind of doing the job that you're thinking of doing and ask them like, what's a normal day like for you? And if that normal day sounds like fun, great. Like I spoke to someone who's like, yeah, I want to be a hacker. And I'm like, why? Well, I was a military contractor and I did a lot of work with some NSA guys. And now I want to go do it on the private sector. And I'm like, you live in Lala land, Lala, Lala, Lala land. What NSA guys do and what private business does are two very different things, two very different tool sets, two things that don't even come to reality. I was like, that's like saying, I want to be an the, like, watching a movie and going, I want to be an actor, and then going and doing local theater.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So Dordie says she's interested in incident response.
3: Love it. Yep. Love it. So hone in on incident response. Um, A bunch of vendors, just so that people here don't know, like a bunch of vendors have these academies that they set up that are really designed to kind of not only train you on their products, but give you kind of like a general rule of thumb. So you can take a bunch of these courses that are absolutely free, and you add them to your CV. And now all of a sudden you've done, you know, Attack IQ's Academy, you know, whatever Threat Intelligence Cert, or, or you've done, you know, these MITRE Attack stuff. All those things help you kind of get that role, Dorty.
0: Yep. Simone says it also boils down to putting yourself out there and who you know. That is absolutely. I mean, this is our InfoSec hires. That's how people got hired. Yeah, literally hashtagged it, shared it around my network, Naomi's network, Dan's network, James's network, Chris's network. And then people forwarded it and forwarded it. And then next thing you know, Dutch got involved. People just started show, sh- sharing it around. And boom, one lady got hired that day from doing the taking on the James video challenge. So she immediately got a spot very, very quickly. Um, Prathmesh says, so I was wondering, I'm getting a job from a UK based company and they are paying not equal to the UK as I'm from India. They're paying way less compared to what they pay in the UK. Why is that? I'm doing the same job as the person in the UK. You're well, pretty
3: much... a... Go ahead. Go ahead, Renee.
0: Companies pay based on the local um, what folks in that area or that region are uh, being paid. So there is typically a um, like a compensation cost of living analysis for all regions and co- countries and companies and things like that. And so they will look at the region and see what the the, the prevailing wages or the, the typical salary compensation is in that area. And then you'll get slotted or aligned to those um, that compensation. James, you want to add anything? You nailed it. On to the next, Chris says, I was general, I was in general IT and physical security systems for years before joining and jumping into InfoSec.
3: Right, compliment, compliments. Mm -hmm. Now, physical security is part of cyber at this point. I mean, in our organization, that's the way it is. I know speaking to a lot of my peers, it's the same thing post COVID, they're putting physical under cyber,
0: yeah, it's all together. Um. Shivar says overqualified for the role you need, under experience for the for the job you want. It happens sometimes. All the time. It does. Uh Chris also says he kind of answered press message question. Prath meshes question based on markets. Some people in the U.S. make more in the North than they do in the South. Toss cost of living, skills, talent pool. Exactly. Chris answered my question before I got to it. Uh, Steve says, I'm retiring from the military in 10 months, and I'm trying the three-pillar approach of education, certifications, and unpaid internships.
3: Steve's going to be a force to reckon with oh, in five sure years.
0: sure is. <laughs> it sure is. That's the trifecta. Lincoln wants to know, Dan, is there a link to that assessment tool?
1: Uh it, it, it comes to – they. he could contact me for it. It's a, a Hogan personality assessment. It's a risk assessment. Uh, organizations can uh, buy it from Hogan. I use it as part of my practice. You can call me if you're interested in that. But, uh, but again, it's 30 minutes online, and we spent about two to three hours reviewing it. But at the end of the day, you will know every place you can screw up going forward. Lincoln.
0: Yep. It's a really good assessment. I know it's, done, it's used heavily with executives. So when they're coming into organizations and trying to determine kind of where the challenges and things lie, definitely an awesome assessment. I did it with Dan years ago. Really, really good. We so, used
1: it, we used it with, with HP when people right under Carly Fiorina uh, were in leadership positions. We'd say to the guy, listen, we want you to perform well, do well. He says, here's all the things with the competency model, here's all the things you need, but here's every place it's often invisible to you that can derail you, and people don't want to get derailed.
0: Yep. So Lily says, for me, going for a cert got me into setting up my home lab and open up doors to the community and further learning. So that, I think, is fantastic. So when we do talk about taking certs, it's for the educational component versus just the certification. So understanding, going through the process of structure and understanding what you're doing and doing the certification courses and things like that will help if you need structure into, okay, where do I start? What do I do first? Um, But just getting the cert for the sake of getting the cert and thinking that putting that is going to get you a job, that's that's the rub. I think people get confused in that space. But, Lily, that sounds really, really
1: cool. The other thing is there are so many people who have absolutely no idea what you guys are talking about. People in leadership roles who don't know the risks they're facing, don't know what they're looking at. You know, oh my God, look what just happened, that kind of stuff. So it's really coming back to maybe even talking about what you guys do or, or about cybersecurity in an environment where all of a sudden somebody's eyes are light up and say, I need to talk to somebody like you.
0: Yep. So Tony says, my past companies hired great communicators and then trained them up and got them certified. Clarence application came after they proved themselves. There's always plenty of work on the help desk. Tony, you are absolutely right. Patrick says, all I know is that I know nothing. Socrates. (laughs) That
3: is very true. You know nothing.
0: You know nothing. James, uh, Chris says, James is spot on. Security changes daily. If you don't like to study constantly to Mm -hmm. keep up, you will hate these roles. Natural curiosity is almost a job requirement. I think it is a job requirement. I think it
3: yeah, is. I think if you if you if you settle like if you if you're lazy, if you're unable to motivate yourself, security's not not the industry you want to be in. Like it really isn't because you're you're you know um, I don't mean to promote something outside of what we're doing, but tomorrow the three of us for those watching we did we did our own podcast talking about the cyber burnout, mm. and that goes live tomorrow. And talking about the burnout, that's where a lot of the burnout happens is people who don't have a passion for something and the constant changes, they can't keep up with it. They feel outdated. They feel outsmarted in the room. They feel outmaneuvered and outdone by their peers and their colleagues. And they end up kind of walking away. And, and that's simply because they don't have the, the drive and the motivation to keep investing in themselves
1: sounds to me like in this field, you never have arrived well, we, <laughs> yeah you're, you're never there
3: so think of it as like the i don't know if anyone as if anyone's ever read like the tom brady t b twelve book um kind of like the tom Brady mentality, but one of the things he always talks about in his book is you know the guy's won like i think what is it like five super Bowls at, at this point or or something like that, and he wow. he, he constantly talks about. You know, you win a Super Bowl, you celebrate for two days, and then you go back and you're like, I haven't won a Super Bowl. I'm not wearing the rings, right? I'm putting it all away and I'm starting fresh, hungry, like I got to prove myself all over again. And I tell my team it's the same way when we deal with an incident, right? We deal with an incident. We successfully block it. We remediate. Business isn't impacted. No data was lost. Everyone's happy. Everyone's celebrating. But then reset that very moment and take those 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. I give them 30 minutes max, right, um, of, of, of enjoying being the high of victory. And then guess what? You're back at it and you've got to prove yourself all over again. And that's security. That's literally what security is. You've got to prove yourself every single day, every single minute of every single day, in every single week of every single month for the duration of your career in security. There's no such thing as cruise control in security. None. Does not exist.
1: Yeah. Keeps coming back to the 40-second play clock, James. You love know, it. You know, because at the end of the day, uh, you, you never see people laying on the ground and staying there. Everybody gets up and comes back, and and each play is another business deal. And, and yeah. you can't, and people cannot afford to beat themselves up, to get distracted, uh, and certainly not practice. They're not prepared to compete. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Okay, so Taryn wants to know, what does blogging do for getting a career in cyber?
3: Gives people an insight into the work you do, the logic, and and lets people kind of – Beyond your CV, get an idea of who you are, so your potential hiring manager and so forth, um, um, that'd be able to see that. And listen, blogging isn't for everyone, right? Some people just can't write, like they have zero patience. I'm one of those people. Like I, I, I'm writing my book, but I'm not writing it. I'm like recording it, speaking, like a walk around my room recording it like speaking into a recorder and then I send it off to someone to type it and then I get it and I edit it that way. So blogging and writing isn't for everyone. I'd say vlogging, blogging, being part of groups, um, being active on LinkedIn and commenting on posts, uh, you know, posting questions and getting advice. Like that also shows that you have the willingness to learn. I mean, when I look at a candidate and and I see their LinkedIn profile and, um, I see that they're active, that they're asking questions, that they're contributing, and 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 so forth. Uh, I'm more I'm more inclined to give that person a chance and consider them to join my team. So
0: yeah, I would also add that, um, and I'll double down on what you said, James. In terms of blogging, isn't for everyone. So you know, when I have to write something, it's painful. But I can jump on here, get c- being on here with us talking heads <laughs> gives me energy. So uh, he's right in terms of it could be vlogging, it could be all kinds of things. And Chaelin Sampson, he was one of the folks, if you, Taryn, if you look on my um, on my feed, uh, my LinkedIn feed, or if you Google Chalen Sampson and the Breaking into Cybersecurity series, he came on in October. And he talks about weaponizing social media for your career. And so everything that James talked about, Chaelin did. And he did it. Like at the very beginning, he took a certification course. He was looking for a study group. There was none. He created it. He now has a Facebook group of 15,000 people. And he is the king of that castle. So people are now coming to him a year in or six months, however long it took. He was, I think he's been in the industry a year, if that. And it all came from, you know, utilizing social media in that way. So that's what things like blogs and and commenting and being a part of the community online will do for you?
1: I think that James brought up, he mentioned questions twice in the last comment he made. And I think the things that Renee and I have talked about is all people asking the right questions. Everybody wants fantastic answers, but you have to ask incredible questions and then you have to ask the right person. You know, if you have a toothache, you don't go to an orthopedic surgeon. You have to ask the right person. And it's finding the right people to ask the questions to and then asking them in a correct way. But the questions yeah, are really important today. I agree. Absolutely.
0: Steve says um, there's so much information in the world. I'm 43 years old and I am confused. I join the don't... club. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Dan?
1: I said, join the club. Join
0: the club. <laughs> Dan, I forgot to wish you a happy birthday the other day. Thank you. Happy Happy belated
3: birthday, Dan. Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Forever 59. There you go. (laughs) When
1: when James asked me if I was there when the first Model T came off the assembly, I said, I'm going right to HR if I had an HR report.
0: Dan. I said something to Dan. Dan's like, what, what are you going to say? I'm the oldest person, you know, <laughs> Dan, we love you, Dan. You yeah. can't go anywhere. So Steve cool. says, uh, yep. There's, yeah, there's a lot of
3: information out there.
0: There is, there really is. Um,
3: Don't you know, let information confuse you though. Know the yeah. sources of your information.
0: Exactly. Verify the sources, talk to the people in the industry. And in the to James, I mean, made such a great point. Go to the source, go to the people who are doing what you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do, then go online and kind of start looking around. One of the things that my former CISO had us all do when we moved into security from different areas. He had a, a number of us come over from, I was coming from HR, somebody was coming from internal audit. There were a number of us coming over from different parts of the company. And when he built out his team, he said, take the CISSP book, look through the domains, pick out two or you know one or two that really, really interest you, and then kind of go deep in that space. So if you kind of are like, oh, my God, I don't know where to begin it, where to begin, I would kind of take use that exercise because it really helped me hone in. And it helped me at the time, you know, and to this day, you know, I'm very, very, very curious and interested about insider threats. And that comes from, you know, be, being on H in the HR side, uh, working with people, understanding like, you know, I was like, why isn't why aren't we? partnering more with hr hr knows where the bodies are buried you know like we know the disgruntled employees we know the potential challenges why isn't this happening and so it was something that it was easy for me to dive into now if you wanted me to go learn cryptology cryptography or something it would have been like good luck you know yeah
3: it would have been like spanish to you
0: you're right, like a whole different language. So definitely take, you know, look at some of the, the domains that are out there. The ISE Square has it um, and, some, and things that you're already interested in and that you would do if you weren't pay, in your free time. See how that aligns to security. And then, you know, you're. I think you're on your path that way, because then it's just fun. It's just interesting. You want to learn more, all that good stuff. Um,
1: Take take yourself out to 2026. Use your subconscious mind. Just dream. Imagine what 2026 looks like to you. I give you a magic wand. You wave it. You're in 2026. What does that look like? And then look backwards from there for anything you can do both to screw it up or to make it more important. It becomes back to a competency model. What do you need? Yep. But that subconscious mind drags you. Your dream will drag you toward it.
0: Good point, Stan. Leisha says, request informational interviews for the, with those in the field. Chris was saying to Doherty, it's a good start. Level one analyst is a really good start. Um, Doherty appreciates all our feedback. Thank you, James and Naomi. Um, Julio says, the best thing to do is to have a good, great reputation. And that is not going to happen without some time and experience. Virtual. Amen and amen. Um, Steven says, Leisha, great advice. Someone says here, great advice. This helps. Thank you guys. Grateful to be here. There are <laughs> talks about companies wanting me to move to Azure Cloud Security Base. Is there any good online communities you would recommend? I don't know. And I to... think
3: the group did a pretty decent job answering that. Yeah.
0: Um, so sending you to some Azure places. Help desk is for those that like the mundane. <laughs>
3: help it. desk is for people who just want to get started there and you don't you only get stuck there if your attitude is poor. If you've got a poor attitude while you're at help desk and you're not really eager to learn or hungry and you're constantly whining and complaining or thinking the job is beneath you and you wonder why you're still there, it's probably cuz you're not showing anyone any desire that they should move you anywhere. Like I love the people who think that just by sitting there with like a sour face that they're going to get promoted. Like <laughs> maybe if they see me suffer enough, don't move me at least in my org we see you suffer enough we we tell you listen man we don't want people that suffer here have a great rest of your life good luck thank (laughs) you so much for your service and and we, we wish you the best of luck in your next role
0: exactly so i'll tell you guys a good story here working in one of the organizations that i did had an awesome help desk person he was uh he was, he was so good at his job. just always helpful. Um, very, very interested in moving up applied at the time I was in recruiting. So he kept applying to all these jobs, um, over and over again, different roles. And so I ended up, I came, I sat, I I told him, I was like, come on, you know, come and sit with me and walk me through what you want to do and where you want to be or what have you. And, Lo and behold, that person, he was at the help desk and he was able to position himself into an analyst position um, in IT and like start his career from being in that help desk role. So personal experience, I've seen this. Chris Folon will tell you he sat on the help desk. There were many, many people that started their career. You have to get in somewhere. So if you're sitting around and there's opportunities, do something versus doing nothing. And then you can always pivot. I've seen so many people come in in junior level roles in uh, various uh, companies. And like because the company says, hey, you got to stay one year in a role. They stay a year, they move and move and move. I've seen this happen in multiple companies where it's just like, wow, you just got here. And then they're putting it for another spot and putting in for another spot. And then lo and behold, they've gotten to where they wanted to be in three years where someone else is just sitting on the outside looking at them and then you wonder how this person got to this role in three years. That's how they did it. Get your foot in the door. If you're working, that's a little bit different. If you are not working, Get a job in IT that is p- parallel to security. Ugh. Okay. I'm off my soapbox.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're right. But, you know, when, when I start with somebody, they'll get a job and I'll say, give me the organizational chart for your company. Well, why? I have a job. I said, Pip, look through everything and tell me where you want to be in three or four years. I want to be here. Okay. So what are you going to do to move over and get up into that position? Who do you have to talk to? Who do you have to persuade and influence? What are you going to say? What language are you going to use? And what do they need to have happen? It's not happening now. But it's setting setting the objective and the goal. Where you want to be?
3: Well, plan, 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 plan. Right. Plan, 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 and plan a little bit more. Prepare to fail in your plan and have backups to it. I mean, I, I talked about it this morning on the practitioner brief where we were talking a little bit about all the news that comes out of SolarWinds, like every day there's a whole new thing. And I compared it to being like a head coach on a Sunday, uh, on a game on Sunday, right? A head coach has a playbook with maybe 400 plays, but they're going to execute 40 plays for this game. And you've got maybe 10 or 15 other plays that are kind of in your back pocket that, you know, aren't part of the game plan, but they're there just in case you ever want to use them, right? And... You're making a plan in security and you have an incident response plan and you're following your incident response plan and then you keep getting you know twists and turns that go in 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 your response to it and that can be very, very frustrating, right? For a lot of people that are in security, you know, I think I saw several people in the comments talk about they want to go into incident response. Well, incident response isn't clear-cut, it's never the same path. There's a plan, but the plan never really goes smooth down that path. You're constantly deviating and having to go back and double back and redo work or re-examine work that's being done or the plan that you have isn't really like steps two three four five are all just not coherent to what's going on and that's being experienced right now anyone who's dealing with solar winds just keeps getting like you keep getting a different wrench like thrown at you right and then if you've ever seen dodge ball, right? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Well, in security, you're getting wrenches thrown at you and you're getting nailed. You've got to stand up. You've got to take it. You can't lose your cool. You can't deviate. You got to sit down. You got to have a clear plan ahead. You got to know that your plan is not going to succeed hundred percent. The plan isn't going to be the way you drew it out because guess what? There's going to be things that are going to happen in that process that are going to impact the way you perform. And so you got to have that insecurity. And it's, this goes the same with your career. Insecurity.
0: Yep, absolutely. Tony says, I had a blast on the help desk. I was promoted after three months. Attitude is everything. Nelson says, do you think there are help desk positions that are remote right now during the pandemic? Yes. Almost every role is remote right now. Almost Most of these roles are remote right now, Nelson. Um, Josh says, this is gold. There's a big mis- misperception being peddled by the education conglomerates so that you can obtain certs, et cetera, and be knighted into a role. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Knighted into a role. It's true. They are trying to, you know, cert companies are selling certs. Remember that. Education companies are selling education. Um, everyone's selling something. Let's see. Chris said, my first role in 1989 was that was not a cook. Was auditing trailers and belts for UPS, learning their systems and processes. Very boring. Um Clinton, the help desk is the best place as a starting job to know and learn about the business. You get great insight into the issues of the business and a lot of learning. It gives you a great opportunity to pivot into other parts of the business. It really does. It does. Patrick says, always feel like I need more, always trying to get and learn more. Listen to podcasts during breaks. So there is so many good points here. Solomon says, long life, Dr. Dan, like your approach to success.
1: Uh, Thank you, Solomon.
0: Clinton, like uh, confusion, like change is one of the many things that's constant. Uh, Through confusion comes clarity with the right guidance, verification, personal dedication for the truth and clarity in that said truth. Good comments. Tony, my friend Tony Barnett, says, blogs and vlogs let you build your own private social network and build your brand. Make it funny. He is... Tony Absolutely is true. so much fun. So much fun. Okay, and Prethmesh also says, um, uh, in regards to the comment around compensation, I also have a company from USA just cleared the first round who is willing to pay equal to USA person to me remotely. Does that mean it might be a scam or something? Or is this kind of thing real and happens? Um, verify that company, I would definitely, you know, double check people typically pay aligned with the market. Um, So I, I would be doing a deep, deep dive into if this company is legit, and what they're paying, because I've worked with the largest, I mean, Fortune 10, Fortune 100, Fortune 500. And it's almost always, I've never been in a situation where they're paying people Um, Unless it's a very, very, very niche specific skill set, you know, in like 0.1% of cases, but every other case, it's aligned even within the US, as somebody made a point earlier, it is aligned to the market. So people in typically in, you know, the Bay Area or even if they're remote, are typically not getting paid the same compensation as someone in, you know, a less cost of living area, like in, I don't know, somewhere in Alabama or some, uh, another location that it's a less lo- lower cost of living, even within the U S New York is higher. San Fran tends to be higher. And then uh, the areas in the middle, some of the big markets, you know, Chicago, things like that. But typically there's tiers, based on that. And they will ask you, even in a remote situation for your zip code, what is your address? Because they're going to align it to your current, where you're currently um, working. I mean, where you're currently living, where you're currently living. So I would double check on that. Press Mesh. Before we wrap, because we're at almost an hour, um, I want to share... And talk about a role some of we've been since we've been doing this infosec hires thing we've actually connected with a lot of hiring managers who are actively hiring like Aaron was last week when he came on my dear friend Chris Randall he was not able to come on today but he has a number of roles the one I'm going to talk about is a sock let's see what does he have here well,
1: I have to I have to drop off here guys so We'll
0: be in touch. Minutes, thanks, Dan. Thanks,
1: Doctor Dan. James, talk to you soon.
0: Thank you, Doctor Dan. So Chris has a role. He is at a company called PPL, um, and you can now put his I'll put his uh, his name in the chat. I want you guys to take a look at the the position. Um, It is for there's an associate. It could be an associate, an intermediate, or a senior compliance analyst. So whoever that GRC person is. Okay, very well. This could be a good fit. Um, it's ba- It's The company is based out of Allentown, but the role is remote. Um, so it's for someone with SOC's internal controls experience and an interest in applying those skills to IT and cybersecurity initiatives. Um, also, because this is a utility company, if you have an interest in utility or NERC, N-E-R-C experience, um, applying IT controls also works as well. Again, this is, uh, it could be as, you know, it's labeled as entry level. So it could be an associate, which is, you know, the lowest level role, all the way up to a senior based on a person's experience. I will tag Chris Randall's name. Please take a look at the position. I'll put the position out there too, so you all know. Um, take a look at it. Make sure that you actually have the experience and that it aligns. And when you reach out to him, let him know that you found out about this role on Breaking into Cyber, on CISO Thursdays, on the podcast. Um, and I will put, uh, put something in the chat with his information and tag him. Um, so I hope that all works out. Good luck to all the people who um, are looking. I hope you all, anyone that was here last week heard from um, Aaron and his open position so the sales security stuff this is a sock this is a, a GRC compliance role. Um, we have a couple more leaders who hopefully will be coming on within the next couple of weeks sharing their positions too um, because we absolutely we have four more people to get hired for the end of the month and I know we can do it I know with everyone's help. James anything you want to say before we wrap?
3: Um, so yeah, so tomorrow catch uh, on the Cyber Hub podcast, catch me, Renee, and Dr. Dan talking about cyber burnout. And we'll be back next week. Sorry, shameless promotion on your thing, but I'm promoting us being on my podcast. Is that okay? You, all,
0: you can always promote your podcast. We love your podcast. Hey, Dan so, and I had a blast on there.
3: Yeah, so we and talked I mean, about the cyber burnout. It was awesome.
0: Yep. CISO talk. Everybody should. If you listen to Breaking into Cybersecurity, you have to listen into CISO talk. Because James is there with all the CISOs talking about the various topics. I mean, and he does his uh, cyber news. So keeping up with the news is key. So every morning, 9 a.m. from Mondays to Thursdays, He's doing cyber news. What else you got going on, James? Might as well plug everything. So, so I do the
3: Cyber Hub podcast Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. live on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. It's kind of 10 to 12 minutes of what's happening from a CISO perspective with like actual real things that you can take into the rest of your day to address them. Um, and then Fridays I do Tech Corner, which is what we did yes, which is what we recorded for the cyber burnout. So that'll be on the cyber hub podcast podcast that's available if you go to our youtube page CyberHub podcast you can see it there um, we talk about that a little bit i do ciso talk once a week that's a ciso interview uh, that's every wednesday that it's that's its own podcast channel and obviously i do a bunch of lives. some of these guys even attend some of our evening lives on tuesdays and wednesdays uh, with the other side of cyber and tech town square uh, for those who actually want to talk about technology in an open square open debate format we do that every wednesday at seven o'clock eastern
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Good stuff, James. Excited for that to be out there tomorrow. So, we talk about burnout and everybody else. Again, Chris Randall's role at PPL. PPL is the name of the company. It's an energy company out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, And
3: it's a remote role, right?
0: Remote, remote
3: position. Brilliant.
0: Yep. Remote position, GRC. And I'm going to post all the info afterwards so everyone gets it. And then uh, Tony just put up something. Fairfax County, for anybody in the D.C. area, Fairfax has a big career fair. Um, So he put up a post, too. So I'll make sure to post it out there and, and create a link and everything for it. And good luck, everybody.
3: Good luck, everyone.
0: Have a great week.
3: Brilliant. Bye. Bye.